In Jesus' name, amen. In June of 2010, I was just beginning a year-long internship as a youth director at a church out in Lamont, Illinois. And as I started that year and as I looked forward to the next 12 months, there was a lot I was expecting. Uh, I was expecting to learn what it was like to work in a church and to be a youth leader. I was expecting to, to grow as a person, as a Christian, as a youth director. I was looking forward and expecting hopefully some good times to meet some new friends, uh, but also to go through some struggles too. That would only be normal. Uh, there was a lot that I was expecting to experience over the next 12 months. Uh, then there were some things I wasn't expecting. A flash forward from June 2010 to June 2011, and I have this very vivid memory of sitting in the youth room on one of these old grungy couches, because uh, youth rooms always have the worst furniture <laughs> of the church, and I was sitting there, and I had just gotten ready for my final Bible study uh, with the kids and some of their parents, and I had prepared everything, and now I was just sitting, waiting for everyone to arrive, and as I sat there, I started crying, which was out of the ordinary for me. It kind of surprised me. Uh, but it was because I had received something, experienced something over the past 12 months that I was not expecting. It wasn't included in, in that list of things that I was looking forward to and expecting to see. I had found during the last 12 months a connection. Uh, I had become connected to these people that just a year ago had become strangers. Over the course of that year, uh, during that internship, they had invited me into their homes and fed me dinners. We had gone on retreats together and led lock-ins with one another. We figured out together how to start a youth group. We, we built it from the ground up and we struggled through that and asked questions and, and, and figured it out during lunches and, and runs to Starbucks. Um, they invited me into their homes and had me watch their homes when they went on vacation. I walked their, their dogs for them. We worshiped together. We went to weddings and funerals together. We prayed and sung together. We had developed a true connection. A connection. I think many of us are looking for a connection. I think all of us, our hearts long for true connection, deep connection, personal connections. Each of us here today, we want to know and be known deeply, don't we? We want to have a connection with something or someone. We want to understand and be understood completely. We want to love and be loved unconditionally. All of us long for connection. And some of us here today, maybe we feel connected. Maybe you feel connected to your church family or to your workplace or to your school, to your friends and to your family, to your neighborhood and, and community. Many of you, I know, have strong connections. But maybe some of us here today, we don't feel very connected. Maybe we feel actually rather alone, like something is missing inside of us. But the good news for us today, for all of us uh, here today, is that we are connected. Uh, each of us here today, by faith in Jesus, we have a connection with our Savior. We are connected to him, Jesus tells us today. In Jesus, we are known deeply. In Jesus, we are understood completely. Jesus loves each of you here today unconditionally. You are connected to him. Uh, Jesus tells us as much in our reading for today. He says that he is the vine and we are the branches. We are connected to our Savior. Uh, he makes it so clear. And, and the difference, though, with the connection that we have with Jesus from every other connection that we experience in our lives is that when you're connected to Jesus, 
You are connected to the very source of life, of true life, real life, the best of lives, everlasting life. When you are connected to Jesus as a branch is connected to its vine, you are nourished and fed and upheld. Uh, this, this weekend, yesterday actually, uh, I spent a lot of time in the yard just doing some cleaning up and I uh, picked up a lot of disconnected branches. Uh, our yard was full of, of branches that had fallen from the tree and you know, none of them were alive. All of them were dead because once a branch is disconnected from, from the roots, from the trunk, from the vine, it doesn't last very long. In fact, we don't always even call them branches when they're lying on the ground. We call them twigs or, or sticks. Uh, a branch disconnected from its source of life, from, from the vine, it has no life. But when it is connected, then it can flourish, then it can grow. And, and Jesus says that we are connected to that source of life. We are connected to him. And, and that connection that we have with Jesus, it is so vital. It is so crucial. Jesus knows how much we need to be connected to him. And so he tells us today over and over again, you might have noticed this, this refrain that he keeps repeat, repeating when he says, remain in me. Did you notice that over and over again? He keeps saying that, remain in me. The old-fashioned way of saying it was, abide in me. Uh, for our purposes today, we could say that Jesus is telling us, stay connected to me. <laughs> stay connected to the very source of life. Uh, that leaves us, though, with a very important question, another crucial question. And maybe you thought about it as you heard the reading earlier, as you followed along. Uh, but if you didn't, we're going to grapple with it now. It is the most important question we can ask uh, of ourselves and of our God today. And the question we need to think about is how do I remain in or abide in or stay connected to Jesus? What does that look like? Uh, isn't that an important question? Jesus tells us to do it. He encourages us to remain in him. Uh, we could probably even say challenges us or commands us to remain in him, to abide in him, to stay connected to him. And so we probably ought to think about, well, how do I do that? Or what does that look like for me in my life? There's a lot we can say about it. The first thing I want to say about that is that your connection to Jesus, it begins and it ends with him. Uh, Jesus has taken the first step, made the first move in connecting himself to you. He has initiated the connection process. He has sustained it. And Jesus is the one who will see it through. Uh, this connection that you have with Jesus, it began when he was born in a manger, when he took on our human flesh, when he entered into our world, connecting himself to humanity. It continued throughout his life as he connected himself to many of the things that we experience, all of the things that we experience in life, as he experienced pain and hurts, as he was mocked and ridiculed and made fun of, as he was tempted as he grieved and mourned and the tears fell down his face, he was connected to the very same feelings and emotions that we go through. It, it continued when he went to the cross where Jesus connected himself to the worst parts of us, uh, to our sin, to our guilt, to our gossip, to our lies, to our lust, to our jealousy, to our anger, to our hatred. Jesus connecting himself, bearing our sins to the worst of us so that we would be connected to the best of him, his righteousness, his grace, his mercy, and his love. And then, brothers and sisters, that connection was forged in each of us deeply, uh, personally, individually, for many of us in our baptism. 
where Jesus came to each of us individually and he washed us. He placed his name on us, connecting us to the triune name of God where where we were clothed and connected to the righteousness of Jesus, where our sins were washed away and we were brought in, connected to his family, made his sons and daughters, surrounded with brothers and sisters. That connection that you have with Jesus was strengthened as he speaks to you his word, as, as we are surrounded by his word today, as he tells you about his promises, as he reminds you of his love, as he teaches you what truth is and goodness is and beauty is, as he proclaims to you and declares to you who you are through his word that the connection was strengthened, the bond you have with him was only firmed. It, it happens when we come to this altar and, and kneel before his body and blood. He is strengthening that connection as he feeds you and, and nourishes you and strengthens you as he comes near to you in a very special and unique and mysterious yet beautiful way. Through his supper, he is tightening those bonds of connections with you. You see, to remain in Jesus or abide with him or to stay connected to him, it's actually not some mystery that we need to solve. It's, it's really not all that complicated. It's not a puzzle that we have to figure out and put together. Well, how do I remain in Jesus? We don't have to go anywhere to do it, to stay connected with him. And in fact, it would be, be, be much better if we didn't. <laughs> See, to stay connected to Jesus is really just to stay put, to, to remain where he has placed you, to bloom where he has planted you. And so I would say that to stay connected to Jesus or to remain in him involves uh, four things. There are four things that all of us can do to stay connected to him, to remain in him. The first thing we can do is to remember our baptism, to remember where God connected himself to us in that special way, placing his name upon us, surrounding us, clothing us with his righteousness, welcoming us into his family. We can daily remember who he made us there in those waters, that we are baptized children of God, that we are Christian now. That is who we are. That's our identity. Uh, The second thing we can do to remain in Jesus, to abide in him, to stay connected to him, is to surround ourselves with his word, the word that he has first spoken to us. We can come to church, as you all are doing today, but we can do it week after week after week to be molded and shaped and formed by his word, to sing his praises and to hear it in our ears, to speak it and read it together. We can go home and read his word in our Bibles uh, by ourselves or with our families. We, we teach it to our children. Uh, we need to stay connected to that word through Bible studies and small groups with other Christians as together we, we talk about and dive in deep to that word. Uh, We need to continue to surround ourselves with the very word of God, the word that has declared us to be his children. Uh, The next thing we can do is to continue to feast at his table. Uh, We're going to do that next weekend. We're going to come here and we're going to bow down and we're going to be fed and nourished in an amazing way. And and the truth is you might uh, leave that table not feeling much different. You might not uh, feel this spiritual high, but that's okay because every meal you eat isn't a gourmet meal that you walk away from uh, just dreaming about for months to come. But even the ordinary, regular meals that you eat every day, they feed you, they nourish you. You need them for your strength. And it's the same with God. Through that simple meal of bread and wine, Christ's body and blood, he is strengthening his connection to you. He's coming near to you in a very special way. And then the last thing, the last thing we can do to stay connected to God is to pray. Uh, Jesus says in verse 7 of our reading for today, he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Uh, Jesus invites us lovingly to talk to him. 
because we're connected to him, it's a two-way street. He speaks to us through his word, and we respond uh, with our prayers. And he invites us to do it boldly and confidently, knowing that he hears us. And so, as Christians, we do not pray like this. Let me give you a bad example of how to pray. Uh, Dear Lord, uh, life is really hard right now. And uh, my friend, uh, he's really going through a hard time, and I was just wondering if you could... No, never mind. Forget it. Uh, you, you don't care about it. Who am I to ask of you anyway? Just never mind. Uh, forget it, Lord. We don't pray like that. Uh, Jesus says we can pray boldly and confidently. He, he invites us to ask for whatever we want. Now, that does not mean that we, we go to God in prayer demanding things of him, like, Lord, give me a new car, buy me a new house. Lord, give me, give me, give me. Uh, but what he's saying is that when we ask according to his promises— When we pray for the things that he has promised to give us, love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, uh, inclusion, unity, uh, that he will give those things. And so he invites us to pray boldly and confidently, sure of of our connection to him. You see, uh, staying connected to Jesus, remaining in him, abiding for him, it's really not all that complicated, is it? And yet Jesus reminds us today it also won't always be easy. (laughs) And you all know this in your faith life that being connected to Jesus, this life of faith that we're walking, it's not always easy. It's hard sometimes and it hurts. And Jesus tells us as much. He reminds us that we have this master gardener. He's God the Father. And sometimes God needs to prune things away from our lives. He needs to get out his clippers, his shears, and cut things away. And that will hurt sometimes. Sometimes God, in order to to have us have a life that is flourishing and growing, he needs things to die. He needs to cut things off so that we can continue to live. And so for some of us, God might be pruning away something we really love and something that we think is actually good for us. And maybe it's a job, and, and we're thinking, Lord, why would you take that out of my life? It, it has become who we are. We've devoted ourselves to the job. It, it's, it's our identity now. And now maybe Jesus needs to cut it off so that we would learn to trust in him, so that we would see that no matter how bad things get, that he will always be there. He wants to strengthen that connection. For others of us, maybe he's pruning away a relationship. For others of us, maybe it's our finances. Others of us, maybe it's our health. For others of us, maybe he's pruned away our reputation, and we've built that up, and and he's just cut that down. And he does that again. He does that pruning work, and not because he doesn't love us, or or not because he wants to see us hurt, not because he, he loves to watch us in pain. Uh, God does that pruning work so that we could grow more and more so that our lives will flourish. Actually, he says he prunes us so that we could bear good fruit. (laughs) He prunes us so that more good things will come. And the, the truth is, the longer you're connected to Jesus, the more good fruit you will bear. Isn't that exciting to think about? That as you live this Christian life, you will bear good fruit. And you might not always recognize it as good fruit, And it won't always come at once. There's a season for fruit. But Jesus promises uh, when you are connected to him, you will bear good fruit. That's just how it is. The longer you're connected to Jesus, the more you will act like him, the more you'll think like him, the more you'll desire what he desires, the more uh, you'll speak like Jesus. The longer you're connected to him, the more love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control you will have, the less anger and jealousy and gossip will, will come out of you. The more you're connected to Jesus or the longer you're connected to him, uh, the more you will bear good fruit. Uh, we all long to be connected, don't we? Our hearts long for true, meaningful, deep connections. And, and the reality is our connections are a huge part of how we see ourselves, aren't they? Uh, it's this way ever since we we're born, but I, I think back to maybe junior high or high school and the groups and the cliques and the friends we're connected with are a huge part of how we see ourselves, right? So maybe you're a part of the rebels or the athletes or the jocks or the nerds or you're a part of the band. Whatever those connections you have, that is a huge part of who you are. Those connections are important. And as we get older, nothing really changes, uh, uh, most of us, when we're looking for our first job, we very quickly realize that it's not what you know or the degree that you have that will help you get the job. It's who you know, right? It's the connections that you have that seem to really matter. And as you go through life, it continues to be the same. We define ourselves by our connections. I'm Tiffany's husband and Frank and Eileen's son and maybe you're Katie's mom or, or Timmy's dad. We, we define ourselves by our familial connections. And sometimes when we're looking to impress people, we pull out the most minute connections that we have. We brag about the time we met some celebrity and took a picture with them, no matter how short that connection was. Our connections are who we are. But today we're reminded that the greatest connection that any of us has is our connection with Jesus. And that when you're connected to Jesus, you are connected to the very source of life, real life, the best of lives. And while all of our connections, they come and they go, but our connection with Jesus lasts Brothers and sisters, you are connected to him. You are known deeply and understood completely. You are loved unconditionally. <laughs> you are the branches and he is the vine. And you are connected to him. In Jesus' name, amen.